0: Welcome to This Osteopathic Life. This is Dr. Amelia Beakey. I am honored to share with you the philosophy that has underscored my personal and professional life and explore how osteopathy truly is for the health of all things. I see these principles in action every day in my varied roles as physician, parent, athlete, writer, musician, coach, and entrepreneur, and hope they will light the way for the path to your best health. Please note that while I am a physician, this podcast is intended to share general information and encourage discussion about medicine, health, and related subjects. The content provided in this podcast and in any linked materials is not intended and should not be construed as medical advice. Thank you for joining me for episode three of season four of This Osteopathic Life. Today we are talking about spring, and the context for that is it is currently the season of spring here in the Northern Hemisphere and allegedly here in Northwest Michigan. As I thought about the title for the episode and staying with single word or multiple words for it... I went through the experience of thinking spring exclamation point, which is how it would typically feel. Everything is launching and blooming and exciting, but presently there is a dusting of snow on the ground. The sun has been out for maybe 1% of the past seven days. Well, it has been out of course, but visible in the sky and creating a blue sky experience rather than gray clouds. So it feels more like spring, Question mark, maybe, or spring with a little bit more of that intonation. But in any case, whether it looks how we think it should look here in Traverse City, it is in fact spring. And what does that mean? And what is the purpose? And what is the possibility here? And perhaps that last word, possibility, really is the biggest part of what spring Can be of what spring is offering us, of the promise of spring. So, we'll absolutely get to semantic satiation with that word over the course of this episode, and that's okay. We'll look at some different alternatives and see what spring means to us. Now, this actually began in a different intention. Earlier this week, I was leading a group session and I kept using the phrase launch pad, and I knew it wasn't really what I meant to say but it got the words across, it got the meaning across to the participants. And then someone in a reflection came back with a springboard. And I thanked them. I said, ah, that's really what I meant. And I kept saying Launchpad. And then I paused for them and I thought, well, are they all that different? And is it possible sometimes to simply use the words and phrases we have in order to express ourselves and not to get caught up in the specifics? And at the same time, when we do find that resonant phrase, to adapt it and to recognize and to acknowledge. Now that said, sometimes we might be using phrases that aren't effective. Maybe they're not appropriate. We might think they mean one thing and someone else may receive them very differently. So absolutely being aware of what we're saying, how it's received, what the impact is, and then deciding how we make adjustments. So of course, I had to go in and do some investigation and say, well, were those really as different as I thought they might be. And it's been so fascinating. So as you know, when I investigate words and phrases, Merriam-Webster Online tends to be my go-to resource. And they'll often offer that primary definition and then the secondary definitions. What was fascinating to me is when I began with just a general search, the first option had multiple definition choices for Launchpad. But Merriam-Webster just offered one. And that was interesting to me when I thought about the context with which I was correcting myself in that group setting, where if you only allow for that specificity of it, and that can be really useful because if you want to communicate very clearly exactly what it is you mean and not leave room for multiple interpretations, having a very specific word or word set can be a very useful thing. However, if you want to embrace nuance and have it be open to pre- interpretation, maybe that is the way you go. So I'll go with this just one definition. I kept scrolling down, thinking, come on, there's gotta be right the the alternatives here. And there really weren't. So for launch pad literally speaks only to a non-flammable platform from which a rocket launch vehicle or guided missile can be launched. That was one of the most specific definitions we've had where there really was no opening for alternatives. However, we can still make it our own so just looking here, so it's something can be launched from this and using the word in the definition of the word is a little bit tricky. You know, I think <laughs> we could get a little more creative than that, but we'll let it go for now. But the part that caught my eye in reading this and gave me pause is to consider that non-flammable part. And of course, super important when we're talking about rockets. And at the same time, thinking about what are those platforms that we create in our lives from which we might launch ourselves an idea, a new possibility? And how can we make them non-flammable? And of course, we could look at that word. I'm not actually going to pull it up specifically. We're going to let ourselves interpret that freely here. How can we make sure that it is this place from which something can be sent off into the world, a solid foundation that encourages exploration, that is safe, that is secure, that is not subject to harm of itself or harm of that which is being launched, that it's reliable, and that we have thoughtfully and purposefully and intentionally crafted that platform. And we can think about that in a lot of different ways. I work with physicians and healthcare professionals at all stages of their education, training, and practice. And if we look foundationally, we often go to those earliest stages and see what is being put in place that is non-flammable. We talk a lot about burnout. Interesting, right? We have the same non-flammable opportunity here, right? So what are those things that are priming burnout? And how can we create environments? Let's look at medical school, right? If that is our launch pad to become a physician, how do we make that a non-flammable environment? How do we make it a space where burnout is not a risk? And what does that mean? Can we continue to put in place the idea that autonomy is retained, which can very much seem like it's not in that space? You have these students who've done all these amazing and creative things to make themselves an ideal candidate for medical school. And many times they leave it at the door, and then they put themselves at the bottom of the hierarchy in the annals of medicine and they take everything that is given to them, and there's so much information, and overwhelm, and overload, how can we make that environment less flammable by encouraging them to continue to be those whole and beautiful people with all of that creativity, to make space for that in the practice of medicine, and to show them that they absolutely do retain autonomy, and to check in and see what volume is appropriate. Now, it might sound like, great, you're just softening everything, and how are these people going to become effective doctors? We know it's a tough life and tough work and we need to build the resilience and the structure around them. And I would challenge that if we create an environment that is actually less flammable, it is more likely that they will be able to incur that information, integrate it, and continue to uphold their own humanity and offer that to their colleagues, to their staff, to their patients in the long term. And so how can we make less flammable environments? I love to say non-flammable. Let's go to less, right? And then we'll walk our way back. And I'm not going to say all the ways here, right? There are lots of solutions. There are lots of explorations of this. Studies are being done all the time. We see in our coaching programs that we reduce the risk of burnout by showing people that they have the solutions to that which they seek, that they do have power and capability, that contentment and confidence and connection are theirs to access. So we're doing that there, and it's not in a, here are the five things. And that is useful, absolutely. But it's in, let's tune in and see what the things are for you. And let's look systematically at what can be effective in institutions. So just looking at that, so if we're going to use Launchpad, which is a little bit of a tangent away from spring right, and springboard, which we'll go into in just a moment here, but just see, we are going to create these spaces from which we send ourselves into the world. How do we make them less flammable and ideally non-flammable so we can take all that fire and energy and potential that we have and not have it put us at risk? not have the environment be unfavorable to that fullest expression of ourselves. So Merriam-Webster will still be my go-to and actually here, thank you, right? Thank you for offering those boundaries and constraint to then let us add those alternative definitions. But I will say that just in the general search, and I think it's attributed to maybe the Oxford Dictionary, Launchpad does have a second bullet point, it doesn't offer the non-flammable. So thank you for that gift, right? Of course, that was the definition that we needed today to see how this absolutely ties in to the work that we're doing in this osteopathic life, in coaching for institutions, in the world in general, non-flammable, and seeing that we can tie this all together. So the secondary definition was something that sets a particular activity enterprise in motion. And that, of course, is what I was meaning in this group, when I kept saying Launchpad and my participant picked that up, right? Made the adjustment. And then I resonated more strongly with that phrase Springboard, All right? So that's our tie-in, that's our launch into the Spring component. And Springboard does have that very same definition, right? Something that helps launch an activity or enterprise. So they can't be used interchangeably. So even in that space, simply because it wasn't the phrase I was intending, even though it offered actually exactly what I meant and people were able to interpret that, isn't it interesting that we will default to criticizing ourselves? And because it wasn't exactly what we were anticipating or expecting, we don't think it's quite right. We might think it's not good enough. And instead of just pausing and saying, actually, that did communicate in the way that I could. And there are different ways To say this. And I offer that up to consider that with experience, right, we know expectations are the key source of frustration and disappointment. And sometimes we may very well be truly missing the opportunity to notice that what we actually say, even if it wasn't exactly what we intended initially, might bring the message forward more effectively. So how do we step into that space of just trusting? And notice I said just there, those modifiers. I'm just going to keep calling them out and saying it again as I call it out. That it might be actually offering the more effective method of communication. How do we trust that intuition that's happening? And that our brain has actually brought this forward for a reason. Let's just consider that. There's just again. So that brings me to spring as a definition. And this one, we probably won't even get through all of them in the remainder of this episode. Because there are many. Right, There are six in the opening piece. Of course, spring can be a verb and it can be a noun and we can shift and add a Y to the end of it and make it a descriptor. So there's lots of different ways to engage with it. So I'm going to pull those. We're going to take liberties here and pull those which feel most resonant to the purpose. And when we began, we were talking about the season. And I'm not going to go to that one first. I'm going to actually just go to the top of the page for a moment here. Because, right? Search engine optimization. What comes up first if someone searches for spring? And it offers dart or shoot, right? The intransitive verb version of spring. And that honestly wasn't what I was thinking. I was thinking about spring. And you perhaps might have also thought of baby farm animals and flowers blooming and planting things. And again, hopefully, some sunshine and yes, the rain that goes with it. To help things to grow, but just think about that. Spring also holds this potential information to dart or to shoot. Right, so something springs out at you, or you spring out of a building, and just thinking about that, in the energy that is behind it, and it feels a little panicked. It feels a little sudden, and spring often to me brings up a more gradual feeling. I envision some of those time-lapse videos, right, of the little first sprout coming up, and then you see it grow and blossom, and you notice how the dirt falls away to make space, right, for the stem to come through, and the leaves expand, and finally, right, the flowers appear. And of course, I'm describing time-lapse, which is quicker, but we know we're watching this gradual process. But spring also has that fast energy behind it. So what way do you experience spring? interesting, under that same one, it says to become warped, which I very much don't associate with that word. But just think about how much is held in those six letters and the ways in which it can be interpreted, the ways in which it can be transferred. And the same is true for us and our feelings and our experiences. We might say one or only a few words to someone and it can carry so much to so just allow for that consideration, right? That what is being said isn't everything that's potentially possibly meant by this. And that can sometimes get us into the weeds in conversations. We don't want to overanalyze or assume or project onto someone what they're saying to us, but also allowing for there to be multiple ways for something to be interpreted. To issue with speed and force or as a stream. Again, just seeing that more aggressive version of it. And we think about and the example here is tears spring from our eyes. And I automatically go to children's book illustrations, right? And we see kind of that fountain of tears when someone is crying heavily. And so just noticing too that spring has power behind it. Next, we get into that to grow as a plant, to come into being, to begin to below a breeze sprang up and this one is where i was considering today in addition to the seasonality of it and just noticing that to come into being offered up as a synonym for arise and even there just if you can if it's safe for you close your eyes and just picture them and picture spring and perhaps because we planted these seeds and truly no pun intended but fully welcomed in that moment you might be seeing the little spring, right? The coiled structure and the potential energy and the bounce and the leap and the fast movement. But if you think about spring and then arise, so same there, just like we went from launch pad to springboard, same definition, same interpretation, same meaning, but different feeling associated with it. So recognize too the energy behind the word behind the experience, if you think about arise, what is that like for you? What do you experience there? And if spring is that arising, what do you notice? What's growing for you? What do you see blossoming? What seeds have you planted? And we know some plants we put into the ground it's a year in advance, and we wait. And some, we need to start in a very secure and nurturing indoor environment for them to be successful. Some come back on their own. Some need to be replanted each year. So just thinking about that and what is blossoming for you and how have you planted and nurtured those seeds that are making their way forward in spring. Also offers up to leap or jump up suddenly and thinking about that energy and the opportunity and what invites you to spring what inspires you to spring what takes you from that state of dormancy or the hibernation of the winter season and touches your heart and resonates with you in your values in your purpose and you leap forward you are ready to go and put your energy into that what is that for you it also is coming up with pay And here too, this is where I love all the alternatives. I'll spring for the meal. Thinking about that. When do you feel inspired into generosity? Where you have that spontaneous urge to share, to be benevolent, to offer something up. I'll spring for that. I'm all for it. I see the value here. I want to offer this with generosity to you looking at spring as a time or season of growth or development and let's just stay there for a moment we've talked about it just briefly right the seeds that you've planted and how they are blossoming what are some other ways that we grow and develop and seeing that which are those nourishing factors for us rumor has it that these April showers, which are plentiful, will bring May flowers. Like we've talked about rotating the crops, and nourishing the soil so that what is planted can grow most effectively and have the most nutrients within it. How are you rotating your crops? When do you let that soil rest for a season? When do you know that following it with something different, both under- what is planted on the surface, which animals might be grazing is so important so that you can continue sustainably. What is this season of growth and development like for you? In my programs, we talk about different areas of our life. And of course, in osteopathic principles, we look at mind, body, spirit. Let's stay there for a moment. Which of those is really seeking your attention? And of course, we talk about the unity and the interconnectedness of them, and really the oneness of them. They are all us. They are all part of the wholeness. And it can be helpful to see the different iterations and components so that we can tune in and tap in, referencing last week's episode, and see which one needs more of our attention. If we look at an alternative definition under the noun version of spring, an elastic body or device that recovers its original shape when released after being distorted. This one, to be perfectly honest, I wasn't considering when we began. But of course, here it is, right here in this moment. And what we see in here is the essence of spring bringing us back to ourselves. And so, for however far we might have been stretched. And whatever that may have looked like in the moment, we can come back to ourselves. What I want to offer up here, we can look at plasticity versus elasticity. And yes, sometimes we can go beyond that space. We can be stretched so far that it can be hard or impossible even to recover back to the original shape. But those are far boundaries. And even when Some of those distortions may persist. Those core materials of who and how we are are still there. So I want to offer that up to you. If there's been a time in your life, if that time is now, when it has felt like you've been so far pulled in many directions for so long, beyond what was a comfortable boundary for you, it can feel like I may never get back to the original form. This has been stretched too far for too long. It is not going to rebound. And absolutely tune in and uphold those boundaries when you know, right? This is too far for me for right now. Even if you went that far the day before or the season before, you were allowed to say enough. And at the same time, if you are feeling lost from yourself, take that moment and also recognize well, the same components are here and maybe it will look a little differently but I am still part of this. This is still me, the mind, body, spirit component. I trust myself to come back to this. I think about that in the act and the experience of childbirth, right? Some tissues, internally, externally, otherwise are stretched beyond. They don't necessarily spring back fully, but they're still part of the whole. They are still the original component. They've been through something else and they may look And function slightly differently. But there is still that same core component. So where have you successfully bounced back? And where have you been pulled so far that it can seem like maybe it's not possible? But with some time and with some patience and with the willingness to stay in that original state, return back and let yourself rest there. Because just as if you spent so much time in the extended state, It will take equal if not more time on the return to allow yourself to reorient and to recalibrate back to that original form, size, shape. Thinking about spring as a source of supply. And we think about the beauty of a natural spring. And we can think about the hot springs and the unique energy that they have. And so, just seeing spring as that beginning, as this abundant, pluripotent, all powerful resource. And notice where you find those springs. We can think about the spring of eternal youth, the spring of life, the spring of love. What are those sources for you? Maybe they are people that you have in your lives, maybe they are places. That you go or that you have gone in the memory of them is that source and supply of life for you? Maybe it is certain activities. Perhaps it's certain foods and other methods of nourishment. Maybe it is movement and community. So, what is your spring of life, of health? We're here for the health of all things. So, what is that spring for you? And there are very likely multiple. And perhaps when one has dried up, and be that for the season or indefinitely, can you trust yourself to step forward, to step out, and to find those other sources? Looking at that in the definition form as an ultimate source, especially of action or motion. So what does allow you to draw that forward. And so as we're here, considering all these broad yet connected options for defining spring, for experiencing spring, if we come back to that original of springboard, seeing what it is we would like to launch ourselves toward and noticing there is no requirement There is no urgency. There is abundance of opportunity. And what if you did get to decide? What if ultimately it absolutely was a choice for you? I'm very clear that there are spaces and circumstances that can absolutely be limiting. We can honor those places of privilege we have in our lives. And coming back to a Brene Brown quote I've shared in the past Right, the difference between privilege and entitlement is gratitude. And for many of us, we are privileged. And for so long, I've shared with you before, I was concerned raising children with privilege and what that meant and how to undo that and recognizing there is no undoing that. We don't have to, we cannot. Right? They do have resources and advantages in the world for many different reasons. But if we can acknowledge those, practice gratitude for them, that separates us from an entitled life, which is very different. And I realized that was what I was really seeking to avoid. And even the word avoid is maybe not exactly what I mean, but perhaps you understand me when I say that. So practicing gratitude. So honoring that, yes, we have many possibilities in the opportunity for choice. And especially when we do practicing gratitude And living and leaning into those opportunities are ways we can step forward toward equity and acknowledgement of the injustices in the world and the places where those opportunities are not available. And perhaps by doing so, we can expand that focus. So as I am here with you and looking at these different definitions on my screen, of course, in the ways of the Internet I'm offered up an ad from a furniture company and it says the spring refresh. So it is hearing what I'm saying and putting that up and we could talk all about the concerns there, but we'll just take this moment and that invitation, the spring refresh. And perhaps we can refresh ourselves in mind, body, spirit. What might be something you will do for refreshment of yourself today? We can think about refresh as that reset, right? We click the arrow on the screen to renew that window on our computer, on our phone, and considering where do we need to reboot? And what do we want to clear away and bring up from a cleaner, calmer space? The spring refresh from that cleansing perspective. We talk about spring cleaning so often, right? Open the windows. And we wipe down the furniture in the walls and we clean things. We bring new energy fresh into the space. So what about your environment? Would you like to refresh? Then perhaps it's our perspective. As we began, in what feels a bit like a false spring, there is a lot of snow on the ground right now. And I was looking at a memory from Bear Creek Organic Farm, which is about um, an hour and a half north of us. And yes, I'm using time as the descriptor there. And they noted that a year ago on this day, it was 84 degrees and we barely got above freezing yesterday. And so it can absolutely be confusing and our perspectives might be shifted based on past experience. And so what about our mindset may we want to refresh so that we're not encumbered by past experience, by expectation, and allow ourselves to be in the moment of spring as it is today. So if it is snowflakey out there, we align our activities accordingly. And that might mean going outside and embracing it. It might mean being encouraged to stay in and recognize that an element of hibernation might still be available to us. In this season, and maybe we practice the nourishment leading into spring in a different way. So offer to yourself the opportunity to be open to interpretation, to trust that what you're saying is what you mean, to consider that you can get feedback and you can make adjustments accordingly, to recognize the energy that's available to you through spring. And decide to acknowledge what is blossoming, what might need a little more time than you may have anticipated. And to check in to see how you can create those non-flammable environments so that when you are ready for takeoff, it is in the optimal environment. And see if in doing so, we can extend that opportunity to one another. I thank you for being here in this season, which, depending on where you are in the world, looks different, actually is different. Right? We look to our autumnal neighbors in the Southern Hemisphere and knowing that that can coexist, telling us that we can bring all parts of us together simultaneously in this world. And may we do so. And may that help us to always be for the health of all things. This is Dr. Millie Beeky with this osteopathic life thank you for listening oh, and as an added bonus my daughter wanted to share with you her favorite song about spring and you may notice a little snuffliness because in these intermixed seasons right there can be some shifts in how our body responds i think it adds to the beauty of the moment so before our, our classic outro you'll have claire sharing with you spring is coming coming spring is coming birdies build their nests weave together straw and feather each one doing their best spring is coming spring is coming flowers are coming too crocus lilies daffodilies all are coming too spring is coming spring is coming all around is fair, shimmer, glimmer on the river, joy is everywhere.